My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. This is your host, Molly McCartney, and today we are talking about how to ask for your for what you're worth and the work you do. And, and also, we're going to be um, going into the, the, the territory of talking about blending our woo-woo gifts like mediumship and, and energy work and also the ability to hold space for for death and healing for others um, into the corporate world, uh, whether that's executive coaching, workplace culture, consultant, uh, consulting, anything like that. Because my guest today, Sarah Allman, is all of those things. Uh, she is a former client of mine um, that went through my Empowered Wisdom program and has experienced some amazing transformation since then. Um, and she primarily does work as an executive coach and workplace culture consultant, along with being a death doula and medium. And she goes where she is called. So welcome to the show today. I can't wait to, to catch up with you. And um, I'm just so glad you're here. Thank you. You're very welcome. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you came to this work and, and all the different facets of it? Mm. Well, I'll start then with um, you. So I was working in a, a corporate job um, in personal professional development, and I was working in an office that had very high volume of traffic of people, hundreds, if not thousands at a time. Um, and I was feeling really, really physically drained and exhausted. In addition to working nine, 9.30 to 9 were my hours, Monday through Friday, um, 10 to 6 Saturdays. But also um, I realized I was drained in a different way. And that was energetically, but also transmuting space. And you and I talked a lot about that as well as um, protecting, you know, how to protect yourself energetically. So that was 2018, early 2018 that I went through empowered wisdom. Um, and the benefit of the, that high volume of people was, you know, I saw so many, I had so many interactions in any given week. Um, and I really loved being in authentic conversations with people, but I wasn't, other than with one particular woman I worked with, able to share my spiritual gifts. And so th that would look like um, I knew when someone wasn't going to come to a program. Mm, and right, in the yeah. work I was doing, it was like, well, don't be negative. And are you putting that out there? And why are you creating that? And I was like, well... I just know who's not coming and who's coming and I can feel it through the phone. I can feel the energy of their participation or not. Um, and so it was serving me well, but it was also a little bit of a, it felt negative or like not a gift, right? Like, like I think so many people is like, this is a gift. This is not a gift. <laughs> then I was a little bit arrogant in the like, told you so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Intuition um, knows quick and ready insight. You know, we just know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I really, um, I got developed so much in that job in three and a half years. And then um, fast forward to the pandemic, um, 
everybody, many people have this story, start working from home, realize that I, I, I love it and I miss people and I'm becoming highly sensitive, um, which again was a two-headed gift for me. Um, and I was really clear I wanted to do the end of life doula training and they put it online. So those were some of the gifts of COVID, right? Um, never before had the end of life training been online. So in May of 2020, I did that. And then um, so much of the Empowered Wisdom program for me was not comfortable. I would call it edge walking. It would be the arrival of a feeling of a truth that um, it was said so well to me that in a podcast I listened to recently, on a soul level, easy to receive on a human level, brutal to implement. Mm. So choosing, <laughs> choosing to buy a home in July of 2020, submit my resignation in October of 2020 and start working for myself January of 2021, most people were like, what are you doing? <laughs> Have you lost your <laughs> and, mind? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it was like, yeah, this isn't logical. Like you're right. Like I didn't have a plan. I, 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 there's a, a great poem about the trapeze, the trapeze and like how we let go of one bar hurdle through the air and, and before we reach another bar. And that was the time of me hurtling through the air. And I want to be really clear again, on a soul level, short amount of time on a human level, about 11 months. <laughs> like, yes. Before I had like traction right into the, my, my business. And I wanted to be a, I like doula because people didn't know what it meant. So I got to, to say what it meant. And it also felt like a context or a compass in which I could create and share whatever gifts I wanted to share. Cause the other doulas I were, was meeting and I'm part of a collaborative now, you know, some of them were animal communicators, baby soul communicators, um, energy workers, so we all had different offerings that, you know, meet all human need. Um, and so I really brought in that piece of I'm Reiki trained, you know, utilizing cards, intuition, mediumship in end of life work. Um, and then I was like, where's the clients? Because <laughs> everybody's like, you must be so busy. There's been all these deaths. And I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> it's a whole nother ball game with that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like a level of, I'm not going to knock social media, but end of life work is personal and allowing people into your home. So while I could have gone the route of like a social media campaign, perhaps I wasn't getting a lot of traction. And if I was, it was because Molly told Kara to call me, right? right. It wasn't mm -hmm. somebody from, from out of nowhere. And so there was that piece. Um, and then a guy, um, Kent Frazier, who is someone that I now contract with um, to do corporate work, had a really beautiful vision of what it meant to be fully human at work. Mm. And he believes death is part of that mission. And so we, we had been um, engaging in personal development programs together for a while. And he came from a very corporate 25 years, director of HR at Petco background. So he had a lot of connection to people who wanted our work. Um, and the beauty of, to me, our soul's calling is if I say I want to work with death, that's what shows up. So he put me in what would occur like a corporate thing, right? Like 
I went to Breckenridge to be the listening of a three-day conference for um, AWS ProServe. And what everybody came to talk to me about was death, loss, impending death, the impact of their mother's death. Someone died while we were there. Um, one of the participants had a suicide and arson in the family while we were there. It was just like wild. So I got to use the gifts in a corporate workspace and I saw how much people aren't talking about it. Mm -hmm. And all I had to say was, I want to hear your pain. I want to know what you're going through. I want to sit in the dark with you. Please come to me for that. And those people have um, for the last year and a half, and, and they happen to come from a corporate space. Um, but also, you know, there is a, a relatively high suicide rate in the tech industry um, in, in that world. So that has happened on several occasions in the last year where there's been suicides in that community. And so I've been able to hold team meetings um, and hold space for those, for people to process that or to support executives delivering that information to their team. Um, and that for me is just a really huge gift because death at work needs to be held at work. You process it at home, but that's where you feel the loss. And so that's where it's like, to me, the work is the work, whether it's in the workplace or in the home. Um, and I've used my intuition to, to really know when to share about these particular gifts, like mediumship, like cards, and when not to. Mm -hmm. um, and it's always been really fun. Like I coach one-on-one -on -one as well within these uh, corporate clients. And I know who to say that. And they're like, we need to talk about that. <laughs> you know, versus the person, but you know, it's intriguing because I've had to set aside bias. I work with a lot of men from India um, who are living and working in the U.S. and Canada, and they are very steeped in uh, Indian Vedic astrology. Many of them, so it's like you, when you really like set aside some of the, well, they don't want to, they won't believe in that. The, you just don't know. Um, yeah, absolutely true, and I think it's so beautiful just your story of of this. You can't you couldn't plan this particular work the way that right. it's occurring right it's it's that's the way it is when we say yes to our gifts life just says all right you're ready let's go for the ride let's let's yeah. you're the channel for this healing this is how you do it this is how you focus this is the doorway and or the vehicle to the healing but what it is that you do may or may not describe that at all <laughs> just, you know, it's just a matter of like, what is it that I actually do with this? You know, even with intuitive development work, you know, I couldn't, I knew that my mission, you know, is to empower other people's intuition. I know that, but the things that have come from it, I couldn't plan that at all. And I just go, huh. like, I mean, what you're telling me now, I'm like, wow. And that's, that's, I think that's being a channel for healing and for transformation and evolution in the world. You do have to let it go. It's easy, easy on the soul level. Brutal on the human level. I love the way you put that, but it's about training our egos, training that that kind of human mindset to say, okay, I'm open to miracles and I'm open to being surprised and to being used as a channel and a tool for this. So yeah. I think that's absolutely beautiful. Mm. So, um, <clears throat> so when you, I'm going to back up. You mentioned that you know, kind of going through the program, it did, it's you made some huge leap, you know, changes and grew in leaps and bounds while we work together and also the huge like physical shifts you made after, but, you know, going into the program, can you share about 
you know, kind of your hopes for it, what you, you hope to get out of it? Was it just that kind of sister support or were you already geared up for this bigger transformation? I have to think back. Um, I think the best analogy I have was I felt like I had received my letter from Hogwarts and I knew I had a gift and I was like, I don't know what to do with this. And so I wanted actually very real, like actionable, masculine, action-oriented, like do this, put your hands here. Like, (laughs) and you have a really great way of um, giving step-by-step processes. Actually, I was reading cards for myself yesterday day, two days ago. And you were like, you know, look at the card for just look at the card. What do you see before just jumping into reading a book, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, that's to me, trusting my intuition instead of Rebecca Wolf's who wrote it. Right. Right. So I, I wanted that, but I also needed, um, and I believe most of us do, particularly if you identify as female, uh, female support to take the action in line with the wisdom. So I think, you know, at that time I was engaged and I knew I needed to not be with that person. Um, again, back to money. I have a past life uh, in sex work. I'm very clear about that, which tied money to sex and relationship for me. So leaving that person was really threatening because I wasn't making a lot of money. He was paying the bills and it was a leap, right? Like I didn't want to be stuck in the relationship because he provided a home and it was a pattern I saw in myself. And Mm -hmm. I wanted it. Oh man. And like the paradox of like, I want to be independent and I want to be partnered. I want to be, you know, like I want to know myself as an individual and be proud of who I am as a woman and as a business owner and allow someone to contribute to me. And that's work I'm still doing. (laughs) Yeah. I think a lot of us are just, women in general, we're, we're learning where, where those lines are for us of, of being interdependent instead of ind- or totally independent or totally dependent and yeah. breaking up all kinds of cultural norms, you know, from generations past that are not that long ago. So, yes. you know, I, I don't, uh, you're not alone. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, it's wonderful. And I, I love to see that kind of liberation with the work because, you know, we sometimes do run on those old programs that, that are keeping us stuck that are just like, maybe we don't know where it's coming from exactly, or maybe we have done some meditation on it, realized it's a past life pattern or a karmic pattern, but it's really awakening to what your spirit's asking you to do. And when you did that, everything just started to transform. And I've, I've, you know, seen from afar and, and sometimes when we've caught up, I'm like, wow, she's going for it. And that's just a really beautiful <laughs> thing to see. It really, really is. Thank you. So one of your, you said one of your biggest successes is uh, buying your house, Walter. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I know you, you named him Walter. He must have a wonderful spirit. Can you mm-hmm. share what that's been like for you, especially, you know, with what you just shared about kind of depending on that partner in your life and you were single and you had quit your job and you just said, I'm going for it. So <laughs> what has that done for you to ground you and heal you in this time? Mm. Yeah, it's... um it's been significant. So what do I want to say most? I I haven't said yet, but in 2016, I I lost 10 people in my friends and family circle and most markedly my father and brother, two brothers and my grandfather. Um, And then after that, my family home, Uh, my mom sold it and she went on her journey and 
I did not realize. And furthermore, I don't consider myself materialist. I, I, and I was a gypsy. I've been to 54 countries. I can sleep anywhere. I didn't, I devalued home and they occurred as um, a really big commitment I didn't want to make. And so when my now best friend and I broke up in May of 2020, I knew I needed to buy a home. And and you're talking like the first week you could see showings in person post lockdown. I was looking and um, Walter, I had an interaction with him, saw him, spoke to him. um, and, And so he named him for me. I did not want this house. I did not want a fixer upper. Um, but it was in my budget and I was, I was in my corporate job at the time. And it felt like a very honoring thing to do in the world of how we have to interact with the financial world, you know, to buy the house before I was self-employed. Cause then I went into a two year, you know, now you gotta be two years self-employed to buy a home. But, um, I had high intentionality with how I talked about this house, how I created it. So I vision boarded it. Um, I wrote down three words, warm, cozy, and um, I wanted people to feel like they were being hugged when they walked in. That's Mm. often what people (laughs) say to me and healing. It was a healing. So my Airbnb, when I had it in the basement was Walter's cozy and healing space. And every person that stayed here reacted to that. Um, And in my own recent healing this past week, um, healing, healing happens here. It's just how I've curated the space. And then um, at my housewarming, but it was more, I called it a house clearing. I invited all my mystical friends to come over and offer their gifts, blessings and clear the house. And we set really strong protection around it. And, And again, like living alone as a woman and working from home, like it was my everything. It wasn't just where I slept. Um, I really have just been so grateful to have a space that that is mine. And, um, and that has everything the way that I want it. I, like, <laughs> so I, I'll pause there, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a rite of passage for sure. Absolutely. Um, I, I think that's very true, especially when we're breaking up any kind of codependent patterns or dependency patterns to have your own space to just stop and, and gather yourself. So very important. I know that's one of the first steps in the program is commit to yourself. And if, you know, if you're on the dating, you know, uh, merry-go-round, get off for just a little while, commit to yourself and your growth, and then things start falling into place once you're in alignment and in that better vibration for yourself. And I know personally, I had the same experience finally, actually being terrified to live alone in my first apartment and first couple of apartments (laughs) and then coming to love it, like to where when I met my partner, it was like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I could live with anybody else and then the whole journey of coming together in partnership has been wonderful but i just think for for those of us on on a true spiritual growth journey there are some times in life that we are called to that solitude that sacred solitude and for you to give love to that home and to intuitively be so connected to it that's why the energy just comes right back to you it's just such a yeah and i do i do want to speak to too as many people I've talked to have become more sensitive, having a sanctuary where you are, that you're safe and can ground. You talk a lot about clearing, you know, like that's how I feel here. And it's because I say so, but also like, it's just so meaningful. Um, and, and to speak to commitment, um, Walter, 
like it's an inanimate object, right? To some degree, but it's like, I'm so responsible for him. Like I would joke, you know, when I was single, like, well, this is my primary relationship and I'm a hundred percent responsible and I've got to give him what he needs. And I might as well not get mad at him for it because like he's almost a hundred years old, you know, <laughs> he's um, an old guy, he needs some help. Yeah, but it was a healthy way of putting myself on the, on the hook for my business because you know, I needed to make the money to pay for it. I couldn't just do things for free. Um, and people would say that to me in the beginning. They're like, we've well, got to take care of Walter. Like, I'm not just do- like, mm-hmm. doing this for free. I was yeah. like, okay. Cause I, you know, people were so enrolled in Walter. <laughs> so I love that. Well, and there, there's a, that a wonderful segue to our, our theme today is asking for what you're worth. So how, what has that journey been like? And, you know, not only since the program, because that was kind of part of it for you to separate from this relationship where you didn't, maybe you felt supported financially or with that, you know, practical stuff, but not as your full range of yourself. So, you know, coming into a life and, and work that is now very supportive, how has following your intuition and just truly believing and taking a stand for that possibility kind of made all the difference for you? Mm, Oh man. So I'm going to use numbers and I do this particularly for women because I think that we've been culturally taught not to. So, um, when I started the empowered wisdom program early on, I was making $10 an hour. Um, I accepted that I wanted to do the work. I had a partner who was providing, Um, but that was a struggle. I mean, there's no question about that. And I I find myself to be a highly resourceful person and I'm glad I did that. Um, and it did become an issue, right? Like, cause inherently like we're giving our time. That's all we have to give. And I, I came into this concept from Buddhism of right effort for right reward. And furthermore, like right work, you know, is your work giving back to you the way in which you are giving to it, you know, and Somebody said to me, and I loved it, like, depending on what you want to pay, you get that much of me. If you want all of me, it's this much per hour, right? Fully, completely. Like, so for me right now, that's between 250 and $333 an hour. Like if you want my full attention um, versus if you want to be in a group setting, it may be, you get a fraction of me because you're sharing me with other people. It costs less. Yeah. Um, And so that was helpful to me because I only had one mode, all of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And th- there's that, but also I, um, I mean, I'm really aware of like talking about men and women, but I'm going to the men that I work with when I will sit with and be with like, what is it going to take for me to create? So for example, I'll go down to an orthopedics office, speak to a group of technicians, doctors, things like that. Um, create the program, drive to the program, deliver the program. It's easy to say like, Oh, I'm charging 333 an hour plus, you know, another hundred or 200 for drive time. You know, it's 533 an hour. People are like, wow, you make 533 an hour. I'm like, Yes. And that's not per hour. It's everything that goes into it. And it's, it was an intuitive number. And when I asked for that from the CEO, he was like, great. Like he just had nothing about it. And I spent all this time thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) and, And he had no problem. And, and similarly with the CEO of the company I contract with, um, he's used to big numbers. Like, and he would, so partly what I've started to do is like, 
partner and advocate with people who are really grounded in numbers and, and like asking for that. Um, because it just goes like, I know what I want, but it does take something for me to say it. So I'm not saying I'm totally there, but I, um, I think another thing that's worth mentioning from like your worth, and this is not something I see in society. I worked an event. It was a four hour event. We charged $6,000 for it um, on like team building, connecting through music. And we set up the split me 2000, him 2000, thousand to the company, thousand to this other company. And after we delivered the work, I was really frustrated. And so what that, and, and I say this, as you check in with yourself and your intuition, if you notice you're complaining, irritated, taking away your love from someone, and you feel there's a disparity, I knew after the event, I put in 75% of the work compared to my counterpart, my male counterpart. And it didn't seem right in our cultural norms to go back and renegotiate the deal. But I was really frustrated. Like, why did I do all the work? I led most of the event and I wanted to like, and that's where it's just like, but I wanted to, <laughs> and I chose that and I didn't make him blah, blah, blah. So th- that's where it, it took something. I requested a conversation with him, um, but I was really clear. I wanted to also put something in place for us for the future, because what I noticed, what I wanted to take away was doing work with him in the future. Um, and I, get, when I run into boundaries, I'm like, harsh, I'm a Leo. I'm like, we're done. You're dead. Like <laughs> we never get to work together again. And so I spoke to him about it and I started with like, I just want you to know that I've built a six figure year, 75% because of you. It's the best year of my financial life. And I want you to know, I also feel underpaid. <laughs> and he was like, That was a really interesting statement to receive. And I was like, man, like it's what's true. And he didn't address it. And he came back and he said, I know that you did more work than me. How much do you want? And I said, you know, $750. And he said, okay. And I said, and in the future, I want us to schedule a meeting to have a conversation that we look at. How did the event go? Do we still feel it's equitably split? And so I don't have to take the courage to come to you to ask for it because it took me three weeks to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, Um, that's a wonderful example of just very clear communication. And that's the hard human stuff we were talking about because we can get that clarity, you know, in in a reading or just feeling that that self-awareness, okay, this doesn't feel right. But what what I have observed happens and, you know, clients in the past or something they come to me dealing with or something I've dealt with in my past is that hemming and hawing, that just like chewing on it for like, like you said, weeks or, or maybe years and not saying anything. Yeah. And the minute that you're strong enough to stand up and just go, hey, let's let's get clear on this, which I think is something with the personal development a company you used to work for, and I, I've, I'm familiar with them too. They're really great about kind of teaching that clarity of communication. I think yeah. that is so missing in the world. And so, so for the women out there that struggle with asking for what they're worth or, or setting boundaries or like saying, hey, this doesn't seem fair. It's it's really ask yourself, are you clearly communicating that? And if you're not, people are not going to read your mind. You know, not everyone is psychic. Not everyone is that intuitive. So, um, yeah. you know, they, they need that clear commitment. If they operate on that very human level, they're going to need that. And I think that's a beautiful example of that. Yeah. Something you asked me about belief. Um, and I'm really, I'm really mindful of quoting other people's work and statistics. So take this lightheartedly, but I we were doing some training on um, DEI with our coaching group 
And we were talking about biases in the workplace. And one of the biggest biases for women is from women to women, from self to self around belief. And one of the things it said that literally brought tears to my eyes was a woman will not ask for what she's worth unless she's done 100% of the work or 100% of what was, if there was like a job description, she will believe she needs to have met every single 100%. A man, if he believes he's done 60 to 70% or can do 60% of the work, he'll ask for it, believes he can do it, and he'll ask for what he believes he's worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's he doesn't need proof from the past. <laughs> mm-hmm. He believes he can do it. And and women don't do that. And we also take into account the world, the company's state of health. So we won't ask for money if we think the company's not doing well or, oh, by the way, did you know we're going into a recession? You know, we take those things because we are diffusely aware. We're trained that way as estrogen driven. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's something to be really responsible for because most women in the pandemic didn't ask for raises. Men did. Yeah. There's data to prove that. Um, and I, I really am curious about this blend of intuitive knowing, modern knowing, and personal knowing. What do you need? What do you know? And what's happening in the world? And then making a choice distinct from leaning to any one way fully. Um, so yeah, this is, I love this conversation. It's gone like in this beautiful direction because there's something I've noticed in the, in working in the spiritual field or the personal development field, as it kind of like overlaps with the work that I do. It's, um, there is, uh, there are a lot of old stories about, you know, feeling like we should give this away. And I, I used to say when I was trying to work this out myself, I'm like, if I was a nun in a monastery and giving <laughs> mystical advice and writing mystical books, like, absolutely, I'd do it for free because all my, my life would be taken care of. But yeah. in this modern world, when so many women are called and men <laughs> called to, to start their own things, to, to spread the wisdom in their own way, we've, we've got to think like that or we, we, we wither under the stress you know, uh, charging, you know, some, sometimes, you know, when I first began $50 for an hour reading, you know, it's like, you know, and then you look at look being a full-time reader, like you can't, that's not possible. You can't, you couldn't do that all day and pay the bills. So, so it's really saying, okay, what, what is sustainable, not only for this work as a business, but how can I grow it? How can I have more impact? Um, and I think any, anybody out there that's listening, that is struggling with that, just know that that's, those are those masculine, you know, more logical things that do need to be taken into account as, as you work through, um, through your calling and you feel rewarded because if you don't feel equally rewarded, you're going to yeah. start getting <laughs> bored. You're going to start coasting. You're going to, your, your gifts are going to get dull, um, because you're not getting that kind of what my guides used to call, uh, the divine exchange, dynamic exchange. Yeah. That's mm. what they call it. <clears throat> You know, this work has a dynamic exchange and both parties need to be part of that exchange for it to like really work. If that yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, something for me to share about where I'm going with my work, I'm working on a new year long program with two other women called Spirited Leadership about reclaiming divinity in the workplace. And what we really seek to do is move from a data analytical masculine driven workplace to just bring some equanimity to intuition, femininity, divinity. And part of how we're going to do that is if I look at the work we've done together, you know, actually create some of your own data points. Like intuitively, I heard this, I took this action. This is the actual result I got. Like, 
So it speaks to the masculine. It speaks to the data because we we want to know both. We're not going to get rid of this. We're not going to get rid of the masculine. We're not going to get rid of data, but we could actually learn to honor both as equally valuable and be responsible for communicating it in a modern world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 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 Totally makes sense. It's all about balance. And, and I had just like one more question, cause I'd love to hear your answer on this. Mm. Um, I know how you've used these principles of the empowered wisdom program in your life, you know, since then we've kind of talked about that, but as you like now looking back on this particular kind of work that has that feminine intuitive woo, plus the more magic ma- masculine logical kind of action taking, how did that kind of exceed your expectations in going, you know, like later on and, and saying, wow, like I didn't, I didn't expect that to happen. And I'm mm. still not totally expecting what's still happening as you sort of use your intuition to guide your life. I want to make sure I answer what you, you're most asking. Like, how am I still surprised by using woo-woo tools and getting results? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did And how did the program just kind of exceed what you thought you were going to get out of it? Yeah. Um. Well, I don't have the result yet. However, I do have some. I um I'll get these bigger kind of downloads if you will, like at the at the level of like what's the next year look like? How do I um like so for example, I I was sitting completing the year and looking at like what is next year bringing? 2023, what do I want to do? What do I want to create? And part of what I when I talk about personal knowing that there is to be responsible for is what's the life you want? How much money do you need? How much money do you want? How will you steward it? Um, And I made $102,000 in 2022. And I, again, I wanted to pick a number I believed. I'm like, okay, like 133,000 next year. Still don't know how I'm going to do it again. And then we get this like, oh, we're going to slow down the work with Amazon. Like, you know, that you've been doing. And then um, I get a phone call from a friend of mine who we actually had a completion conversation for our friendship because she was moving um, from Denver to Pennsylvania. And I'm standing outside watering and she calls and I answer and she says, do you wanna have do you wanna have dinner tonight? I'm like, more than anything. And all of a sudden we're in this business conversation and she's like, I'm creating spirited leadership. And um, she's been successfully working in workplace culture. Her business is called Choose People for 10 years. And I just, I view her as like a giant, um, but solopreneur never worked with people. Um, and I was like, we got to bring in my friend, Kara. And so we started creating this business and we did it starting with intuition. Like we sat in circle in, in this space, we had a proxy uh, who, you know, had a ritual and ceremony for us. And we started envisioning, you know, this program and, And then Chris is like, well, I've got intuited the number of what the program costs for a year. I was like, great. She says 42,500. I was like, okay. I was like, I'm going to have to work with that one. (laughs) Um, And it's like a done deal for her. And like the partnership, the sisterhood of it, you know, we have a, a call every Monday morning at eight and we're all working different parts, putting together, you know, the website, all the things you do to create a business. Right. Um, but we check with our intuition and we use our intuition, um, 
four numbers. What's a yes? What's a no? We, you know, meditate together. We call in business that way. Um, and the one thing that I got from your program that I've been using a lot more recently, but not for a while was spirit writing. And like, cause I don't consider myself a writer, like, but I utilize it to like get answers that I don't want to say. <laughs> um, and so that there's been a lot of wealth in partnerships, relationships, wealth in knowledge. You know, I'm a, responsible for the the, tra the travel, the planning, the logistics, and my travel background, which was very personal, has is coming to be a high business asset. So I think that's kind of my answer. Um, but I, again, I do, I just, when I feel into spaces of the year, I was like, I know that work's going to pick up in April. Mm -hmm. But as you know, a couple of days ago, I went through a life-threatening emergency and taking time off, which is unpaid, is not in a line with 133,000 a year. Right. You know, it's like really trusting. I guess there's that like divine trust and like, um, really throwing the hat over the wall and believing before you have results. And then, you know, having the results later, which we will. And, yeah. um, probably I'll have more work than I want to do. So I love that. Yeah. And it is, it's really about that envisioning and trusting. I mean, that's what I heard in your answer was like, now I can sit with it into it, what that year is going to look like. And I, I see it as a cycle. I'll look at, uh, like the wheel of the year and I might visualize going through holidays or seasonal mm -hmm. points. And it's like, okay, what's happening then what's happening there. And it's just a beautiful, it's not only a stress reliever if you, if you take it seriously and, and have that belief instilled in, in that process, but you actually have a direction you've plugged in your, your, you know, the location you want to get to in your divine GPS system. And all there is to do is just follow, follow the turns. And even if you have something like you, you know, this recent emergency you just had, that's a, that's a detour, or maybe there's a wreck on the side of the road. It's going to take a little longer than you thought, but you're still going to get there. And, and that, that leads me right to my, my last question for you is like, you said one of your biggest challenges is knowing when to take a stand for something and knowing when yeah. to let go. And I don't know if you want to share anything about your recent challenge um, yeah. or, or anything else and, and how that's kind of in the last six to 12 months been challenging for you. Yeah. Well, I shared what I shared about my interaction, which is where that came from, right? How do I stand for what I'm worth? Ask for it or let it go um, on a, on a personal note. And, and it's, it's actually my business partners this morning were sharing. So my emergency, I, I had an ectopic pregnancy that ruptured, which is life-threatening. And I, I lost two liters of blood. Um, and this is what I'll share here. Thursday night of the 26th of January, I prayed deeply to my guides and my gods to please stop my bleeding. Cause I had been bleeding for 10 days. That was the physical man manifestation that I stepped over. I, I felt in my heart, I knew I was pregnant. I could not be with that. I was ectopically pregnant again. Mm. And what I let and bypassed was that I had family here, like a lot of family here. My mom and her boyfriend were meeting my partner for the first time um, my grandma came, my aunt came, my cousin came, his parents were here. So I put myself aside, um, for that. Mm. And I was like, I'll go to the doctor later, but furthermore, you know, so you've got Thursday, 
family leaves. I find out I'm pregnant. Friday rupture. Sunday, I was supposed to leave for Costa Rica to do some work for spirited leadership. And had I been on that plane and not had this rupture when I did, I I would have died. Mm. Um, And the doctor was really clear about that because it's not a problem if you're in a hospital, but when you're hemorrhaging that fast, um, you don't show any signs until you crash. Um, and, and so in that very personal way, because it does impact your business. And that's what I said to my business partners this morning. I, I, it takes so much to stop the action, say, I'm going to take care of me, even though all these people came here to do these things. You know, I wanted to have a good time. I wanted to go skiing. I wanted to go to the hot springs. I wanted to drink like not a lot, but you know, it was like, oh man. And so, and now, you know, I didn't go on this business trip and I do believe, as you said, it's a detour from my plan, but it's the lesson I needed to be who I most need to be. I believe that mm-hmm. um, because so much, so many of us, how many of you have stepped over a physical manifestation? Your body is talking because you have to work. You have to pay the bill or you can't pick up your kid because they're sick because you need to work. And it is, I think a very old challenge for, for all people. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like there's a greater cost to continuing to bypass that information. Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. And that's where, you know, when we, in those moments and, and, and I don't blame you, that sounds like it happened very fast and it was, you know, lots going on. And, and there's those moments where you go, no, I think I'll be all right. I'll think I'll be all right. And it's, it can be difficult to listen to those inner, deep inner warning signals and how it all happened. You know, um, the way that you shared it with me is probably the soul contracts that went into all of that. I know. Absolutely beautiful. Right. And it's, it was terrifying and, and very, very scary, but it worked out like it worked out as, as best as it could for what it was one of my favorite favorite ways to describe difficult challenges and so you you've got a deeper level of trust with your partner you've got a deeper level of trust even with the medical community yeah. you know and and just knowing all right i'm supported in these ways and i'm prepared you know because you mentioned you had all your end of life paperwork done and and that's something that a lot of us don't think about yep. um, but i think what you shared also goes back to the point of when we're separated from spirit and in and, and the human side, yeah. uh, especially when it comes to work and career in the Western world, uh, we will push, push, push because the work has to get done. But anybody out there, even if you've just got a cold and you push, 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 yeah. I know there was one year I, I was doing that uh, and I would get the same cold every time my cycle would come around. <laughs> my Chinese medicine doctor said, it's because you, you, you're not doing what you need to do to fully get that virus out of your system. And if you keep yeah. pushing, you're weakened and then here you go. And it was also totally reflective of how I felt being in that environment. And my immune system was low, I was exhausted. So we can read these illnesses and these these kind of big traumas as as a as a message to to our life's path if we really look at it that way. So mm-hmm. and at being being a death doula, you know what that's all about. That's it's we go into deep territory, whether it's intuitive work, mediumship work, mm-hmm. talking about the consciousness of life beyond death. It's, it's a big deal. And, and that's, that's who we are every day. If we look at it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I read some car, I drew some cards for you as I usually do, if it's okay, if I share that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm seeing here that you're definitely coming into your heart space and 
I, call, I draw the card of the beloved, which does mean about getting into your sacred heart, but I do feel like it has to do with your partnership more so than maybe other other times I would draw this card, that it's just really feeling very held and very supported in this, this um, current relationship you're in. Mm-hmm. And there is definitely, you're turning old stereotypes on on their head you're turning old um, patterns from your family and maybe even from his family on their head and and definitely coming in and saying we're breaking up this stuff and 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 even maybe that's a theme you're kind of nodding your head is this the theme that you talk about a lot with him yes yes yeah cool that's great because it's very supportive of of who you're becoming um and as you you're coming out of a time of Maybe, you know, the the intuition wasn't super strong in that moment with what's just occurred, but your higher self was taking really good care of you. So I feel what you're moving into is is definitely a time of setting yourself free to set intentions despite what has happened. So whether that is... Um, uh, thinking about how to bring this child into the world a different way, or just again, trusting in divine timing, but first it's going to be about healing. So you, maybe you have that in the back of your mind. And, and once you're fully healed, maybe even a year, I feel like even giving it some time to really move into the past. Um, what you're currently able to do while that happens is to start shifting any negative beliefs that you have about motherhood, about family, um, knowing that it is going to be quite a journey to uh, to find a, it's a whole new side of yourself. And I think that that transformation may be part of what's difficult in this process. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like becoming the mom yes, <laughs> and, and yeah. staying free at the same time. It's like, yeah, how do we do that? And how do we shift these, these uh, dynamics that we've been handed down? Mm-hmm. And so the biggest obstacle is definitely seeing through illusions when you start to feel stuck or feel like you're going backwards. Um, just call it as you see it. Like, nope, I've got to change the story. I got my um, mystical shaman card on top of that, which means, you, you know, and I know you're a master at that as a coach and, and with all the work you've done. So just make sure if you're feeling low or feeling defeated about what it is that you're called to do, it's just it's just a momentary pause, a redirection for a higher purpose. And the more you relax into that, if you feel that I even feel relaxed saying it, it's like my vibe, my vibes just raise oh, I'm floating. And then that's the goal right now, whatever you can, you can get um, going in your mind that creates that relaxation and that flow. That's what's going to get you moving faster. Once things get going again, Does that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, hopes and fears are just knowing that this detour maybe is helping you pull your energy out of things that don't serve you. So that would be a good thing to be considering right now. Um, what things did you get out of because of this? It may have been, well, that wasn't the, the greatest trip. That wouldn't have been the greatest trip for me or, you know, it, whether or not the ectopic pregnancy was happening. Um, and that divine timing is at play all the time. Now that you're playing with the universe this way, very consciously, um, things look different. <laughs> even mm-hmm. even when th- things go wrong, they're going right. And, yeah. and I feel like the more that you get comfortable with uncertainty and, and get more woo and go more into your more like Buddhist deepening soul stuff, um, that's going to lead you to a place of knowing that no matter what happens, opportunities are coming your way. You just have to keep stepping one foot in front of the other. And then if you don't see change on the outside, just pay attention to how you're changing on the inside. And that's going to be where you find that value. Hmm. Beautiful. Awesome. Beautiful. You're so welcome. Yeah. 
All right, my dear. So thank you so much for being here today. We went a little longer than usual, but it was an amazing conversation. So I yeah. don't mind. Um, where can people find out more about your work if they're interested? Yeah. So there are two different places. The collective that I contract with is fullyhuman.us. And my personal page is threehealinggateways.com, three the number. Um, and uh, same, same on Instagram, Facebook, I'm not super active on social, but, um, really, you know, just reach out through the the website, my personal website, and we'd love to connect. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Yeah. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Bye guys. We'll catch you next time. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions, and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, if you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to empoweredwisdomshow.com. Three, Listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.